dissecting the drama of sports. Call 0800 82 55 77. Jason Pine on Radio Sport Mornings. With Spark Sports. Watch every Rugby World Cup 2019 match live and on demand. 17 to 11. Let's go back to the All Blacks. One of New Zealand's most experienced and respected rugby writers is Wyn Gray, who's joined us for a chat. Thanks for your time, Wyn. Good morning, mate. Morning, Jason. How did you rate the All Blacks' performance yesterday? Oh, about six out of ten, I would think. Uh, the first half was a very hard watch. I thought they were very, very ordinary. Uh, while I respected what Namibia brought to the game, I just thought the All Blacks didn't do themselves justice in that half at all uh, after the interval. And I gather some kind words from Mr Hansen. They actually played <laughs> some proper rugby. Yes, yes. I think you've uh, you've nailed it. I, I I would very much like to know what was said at half time. I can probably imagine the uh, the general tenor of it. Where, where did you see the big improvements come after the break? Oh, I thought all sorts of things about urgency. The forwards actually looked like they wanted to protect the ball. Uh, there was some decent delivery from the backs back of rucks and bits and pieces. I mean, there was just a, a greater snap and urgency about it, which looked exactly like stinging words from Hanson across everyone's tail. Mm. Do you think uh, when Brad Webber is a chance to replace either Aaron Smith or TJ Peronara in the knockout games? Not at all, no. Um, while, I, while I admire how he plays and I, I, I think he brings a great energy uh, of, of someone who's new to the camp and new to the environment, all those sort of things, no, I don't think they'll dispense with Aaron Smith or TJ Perinara's experience, game savvy, um, all those sort of things that go into the melting pot. And what about uh, the Geordie Barrett-Ben Smith conundrum? Because it seems as though we're going to have Reese and Bridge on the wings and, and uh, Bowden Barrett at fullback. So when you're picking a back uh, utility reserve, are you picking mm. Ben Smith or Geordie Barrett? Yeah, well, that's, that's a big question, isn't it, about Ben Smith's experience, uh, his his play under fire, if you like, and Geordie Barrett, who brings a greater zest, a greater energy, uh, is a taller man, uh, so so possibly even better on the wing than, than Smith, but is he prone to be a little hot-headed or uh, doing things off the cuff that don't quite work for the All Blacks? It's a conundrum that, that, that'll play out in the next couple of games, I would think. Mm. Do you think, when that they'll pick the number one side from now on, starting with Italy this coming weekend, and just leave it unchanged, injury permitting, all the way through to, we hope, the final? I think more or less they will. Uh, they've got to manage, obviously, Retallick. So he'll he'll get, I would guess, maybe half a game, 50 minutes in the, in the next match against Italy, and, and then they'll take him off. And they'll be doing something similar with with the props as they just rotate them around the place and also saving players like Coles and Taylor and working them for half a game each. They're keeping everyone fresh, but I would think that they will just about start with their favoured 15 um, against Italy. Mm. What, in a wider sense, what have you made of all the um, the red and yellow cards being handed out at this tournament? Oh, look, oh, it leaves me very confused. I mean, the game... The game confuses many of us who've watched it for a long, long time. Uh, how, how as a defender, you're supposed to tackle someone 
who's at, at worm's height above the ground heading towards the try line is beyond me. There, there is no legitimate way that you are supposed to stop that guy uh, unless you tackle him round the part of his body that presents itself to you first, which happens to be his head and shoulders. I mean, there's got to be a bit of common sense about this. But unfortunately, either the referees or the administrators uh, have just got themselves in a massive tangle over it, I think. Do you fear that there might be a fairly crucial decision during a fairly crucial part of a fairly crucial game? Oh, of course. That's the thing that everyone worries about. And and then then a game is completely spoiled. Uh, And even if it happened in the last... 10 minutes of a game, let's say, that could be crucial as well because if a scoreline is tight uh, and and someone is, is sent off or put in the bin for another unfathomable reason, uh, a game can change very quickly if you're a man up uh, in, in such a tight atmosphere. So, uh, of course I do. I, and I don't... I don't uh, look at this with an all-black perspective only. I'm looking at whether Australia's playing someone or South Africa or England or Ireland. Uh, I think it'll be a great shame, and, I, and I'm fearful that it will happen. We've seen uh, pretty much every team three times. A couple have only played two games. But uh, of the teams, the other teams, uh, who, who appeals to you as, as New Zealand's biggest threat? Well, they've never appealed to me, but I would <laughs> no, say, no. <laughs> but I would say, unfortunately, uh, England, to my eyes, look as though they've got a team built for tournament play. Now, I'll qualify that by saying, I'd, if Billy Vunipola falls over, then they'll be in a bit of trouble, and he's got an ankle injury out of his latest game, so that will bear some scrutiny. But I think. The way that Eddie Jones has got them primed and the type of game that they're playing allied with Owen Farrell's normally impeccable kicking, goal goal kicking, is just a style that works in a tournament. And their defence, organised by John Mitchell, is a lot tighter than it used to be. So that's one team that I've looked at and thought, I think, while they haven't set the world on fire in this tournament, I still think that they've got a team built for knockout tournament play. Mm. And I guess the most uh, the most likely place the All Blacks will play them is the semi-finals. That's that's yeah. as long as they get past France, of course, and and end up topping that group. So, so that semi-final, I mean, that could be the All Blacks, depending on what happens in the quarters. That, that could be a massive game, couldn't it? A massive oh. game of rugby. Oh, huge, huge. And and you look at it and you go, wow, there'll be teams and we know roughly what style they're both going to play, don't we? So it's a, it's a, a match of contrasting styles, uh, one with a button-down kind of approach who've, who've looked at using Ford and Owen Farrell in the 5.8s. And I, uh, I just think... Eddie Jones might be taken out of his comfort zone and the team taken out of their comfort zone if they can continue to play those two together. Because while it used to work for the All Blacks, I don't quite think England have got that style nailed down. But in every other department, I think, you know, it'd be a great, great contrasting battle of of styles. We'll still uh, still win it though, won't we win? I would put my money, uh, if I had some, or if I earned your salary, uh, on on uh, the All Blacks shading them. But 
um, you know, it's only a 60-40 kind of bet, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm not not massively confident, but I, I would like the All Blacks' chances, yes. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, Wynn. Can I just congratulate you on your latest book as well, The Afterlife, which is basically you've, you've, you've talked to a, a whole host of former All Blacks about their life after rugby. I found it a fascinating read. I learned plenty, so congratulations on that as well. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and finding out what some of these guys do or or haven't done after they've swapped their rugby boots for some uh, other career. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating. Good stuff. Hey, great to chat, Wynn. Thanks for joining us. Brother Jason. Cheers.